Well, it's 11 o'clock here inside the Cinch booth. Back by popular demand again, a hastily assembled, unrehearsed program discussing current events in pro rodeo and setting a record now for the podcast, most likely to have to be re-recorded in its entirety due to clerical and operator error. Speaking of error, here they are. Josh Hambone Hilton and Justin Rumford to carry you through Rodeo's his podcast, The Chats, Rump Chat, live on stage. Oh, thank you, Jacob, for that uh, awesome intro. Jacob's intros are always inspirational and fun. Inspirational, but yet off-putting at the same time. Much <laughs> like this show. Yes. So, welcome, everybody. Day uh, number 14. <laughs> this is marks one week since my family and I have rolled into town. And um, uh, yeah, we're, so it's technically day, it's day three here, day two rodeo something. But doesn't it, it, it feel like last night when everything got kicked off and kind of rolling, uh, it, it feels like we're finally, we're finally in. The rodeo, finally. Things yes. are going good. Last night um, at Resorts World, we were lucky. We, uh, our party, uh, you know, we we got full by 9.45, Justin Moore in concert. And another thing, for anybody listening at home that's going to come out here, if you're listening here, every morning with uh, Pro Fantasy Rodeo, we have Rodeo Rehab Yes, at Resorts World. You can go in and get an IV, get a back rub. They got free coffee. Ain't nothing in Vegas free except for the coffee. You can make Bloody Mary. It's a Bloody Mary contest. Yes. And it's amazing. So, uh, Rodeo Rehab. But we were full. Jacob, you said you guys were packed at the South Point. Yeah, back the other way for everybody that's familiar with the South Point, which is everybody on Earth. It was all the way down the escalators, past the Benny Binion statue, all the way to the hotel tower elevators. Everybody was complaining. It was really good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, uh, um, you know, at the Rodeo, when we started, there, it was – it. There was a lot of red seats, but the traffic, because uh, old Sleepy himself was in town, um, so Sleepy Joe, so um, they were shutting stuff down, which was awesome, so I'm hoping he's gone, but um, but no, we're back. We're rolling. Dude, the traffic everywhere has been bad. I mean, like, Resorts World is, like, 34 foot from here, and if you drive, it takes a day and a half if you don't stop. Have anybody seen all the stuff for that? that F1 that they had. I mean, if you go on Harmon, the, the, the stands, the scaffolding, it is unbelievable. It took them over two months to set up. It's going to take them over two months to tear down and they're going to do it again. Yeah. They got like six months until they restart. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Makes total sense. <laughs> but uh, anyway, recap night one. Uh, what a, what a great night. Um, you know, um, it was my first performance in that building and uh, it was, uh, yeah. Thank you. And, and he had to play Cowboy Town, though, for the record. Yeah, I have to. There is a few tracks they've saddled me with, and that's fine. I, uh, Yes, sir. <laughs> You're gonna, not going to get an argument out of me. But uh, uh, it was uh, to say I was nervous. If you're not nervous, I'd be nervous. Um, it, was, it was pretty amazing experience. And, and uh, now that I've got the flow of things, we're going to – I'll get better and can continue to push to get better. So – um, and then you rehearse till 11 o'clock at night and, um, which our guest today could tell you he's done it for a quarter century, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was good. Um, I don't know. People ask me about horses and, and, oh, what about that ride? 
I don't remember any of it. It's uh, I'm completely looking to the next thing. If a if a bull rider's about ready to make the whistle, you're looking to the, you know, to your highlight song or something like that. It was, I don't know. Like I said the other day, it takes me back to being a little kid and and uh, helping Jerry Dorn camp, you know, feed horses or or calling spotlights the Texas Stampede when. Did you, you know, have not did, knowing anything else? And, and now I'm in that chair. It's pretty. Did you have that awesome. quiet moment before where you're like, I did it. I did that the first time when I we set up and I set my stuff up and nobody's in the building. And I sat there and just kind of looked around. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's really happening. So but and then that's and all then, over. So and just, then you got fined for smiling. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody turn him in. He's having well, fun. I had to steal a table off the front deck and Alan fined me for that. Um, I didn't have a table and didn't know where to go look, so I just took one. That was a mistake. Mr. Bueller? I have stolen so many tables in my life. I feel like <laughs> yeah. I feel like I could have got away with that pretty easy. So I, I, I'm going to get a bottle of Mad Dog 2020 like I did last year. And last year I put this bottle of Mad Dog 2020 banana red wine in front of Benny. Benny, I ain't had that since I was in junior high. <laughs> they had mad and dog, made, and then he made me drink it with him. Oh, just gross. a swig, gross. Okay, no. so uh, I don't know if you paid attention to this, uh, and I, this is not talking bad about anybody. Um, but who do you think hit harder last night, Stetson Wright or Matt Reeves when he was hazing? Did I mean, you see Matt? I didn't see hit? Matt. I I saw him getting his horse, and again, it's it's all blurred, and you're like, what what just happened? I, <laughs> and you know what? They almost got away with it. I was watching Matt falls off and no one would have known except for Luke Branquino in the corner goes, Hey, did you see Matt just fall off? And then they're like, let's run the replay. They show Matt <laughs> wrecking on TV. Was it against the shoot? Did he Joe Joey Bellet against the shoot? No, he didn't Joey Bellet, but I mean, he, he connected. I mean, it was, it was all there. So Joe, Joe Bell dented shoot two one year, Joe Bell, Ronnie Fields did it in 2003 hard. Uh, that's why I never made the finals on the Bulldog. It's just, uh, it's just too dangerous, you know. <laughs> you gonna hit those shoots, but you know, uh, it, it was a, it was what I thought it was a great performance. Uh, a lot of great rides. The stock was good. Uh, Kai Hamilton won the round in the bull ride last Kai night. John, huh? Kai was gonna be here Friday, uh, which was funny last night. So my wife and our friend Jasmine Pancratz from Abbeville, mm -hmm. they bounce out of the after party, which we had Justin Moore last night, which he was amazing. So I go back and I was like, hey, where are you guys? So we go down to the cafe. Well, I go down to the cafe, and Ashley and Jasmine are sitting with Kai. He won the round in the bull riding, and then he's just at Resorts World in a cafe by himself eating cheeseburgers. My man. Well, so that's that, that's kind of me. My wife was out partying, and I went back, and we had a friend. Your wife was out partying. She was with my brother and his wife. And, okay. and so I get back to the room, and we had a friend staying with Gus, and she left. And so I sat on the couch with Gus was sleeping, and had about three stiff bourbons and then woke up with the fourth one on my chest. Mm. That is a hand bone thing to do. <laughs> it is a very hand bone thing to do. But uh, how about the other big news? Him, me tell me the last time you've seen Stetson Wright get bucked off of both animals. Apparently his groins are gone, but how many? You kind of need those. Well, the the crazy thing is um, is how many. So I watched the that part of the NFR in the doghouse, and none of this is official, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So I watched it in the doghouse, and like. Uh, everybody that, that had pro fantasy teams just melted. When, oh, yeah. When he got, it, right, everybody? If, you, if you're out here, raise your hand if you got Stetson on your pro fantasy. No, it's different, though. Bronk riding 
way, you know, more guy people ride all 10, right? Right. Bill riding, you're still good. Yeah. Yeah. And that, Which, I, that's what I, have. I was scared. I thought Tim O'Connell was going to get bucked off last night. He almost got behind. I'm almost. You, it was a weird, it was a weird bareback and bronc riding. I don't know. But you know, I want to give a shout out. My shout out, Richie Champion. Good to see him back. Yep. Come off an injury, making the NFR. And he is just like the most great. Like, I, I don't know anybody that has anything bad to say about Richie Champion. Yeah. You know, I dare. I I dare that person to say something. I will punch that person in the face. Okay. That's how much I like Richie Champion. Good. And it was good to see him out. And you know what? Another shout out. Stan Branco. Hasn't been to the finals in 10 years. It's good to see Stan back because now this is this is this is the last guy. From my steer wrestling days, they're all gone. Every, Dean, Wade, you know, my whole crew, even kind of Stockton, he's about done. But Stan Branco and I are the same age. He's obviously physically better shape uh, <laughs> than I am. <laughs> but Stan, it's good to see him back. Ten years after his first NFR, he's back. So shout out to Stan. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, who are you going to bring well, before we get started, though, um, I, I do want to tell everybody, thank you guys so much for tuning in on iTunes or uh, wherever you get your podcasts. We couldn't do this. Every day we are sponsored by one of the biggest stock contracting firms in oh, America, right. yep. Pete Carr with Pete Carr Pro Rodeo. He's responsible for doing this, bringing more animals to the NFR than any other stock contractor. And, uh, you know, each day I just want to kind of point out a some of his stock because it's obviously the best. And tonight... Uh, Tonight in the bull riding, this is pretty cool. The Bayou Bengal is out tonight. Josh champion. Josh Frost has Bayou Bengal, which Bayou Bengal was the buck and bull of the year in the PRCA. So that's pretty cool. That bull's out tonight uh, from Peak Car. Also, High Rise. Have you guys seen the, the Peak Car t-shirts that look like the Def Leppard shirt with the buck and bull on? High Rise. Uh, that's a bull. He's a cool bull. And I really like him because he won't hit the barrel. That is... You know, that's one of my. We got to be in it, Cody. Yeah, well, that's why I'm not in it, <laughs> Cody Teal, high rise. So I really believe Cody Teal, former world champion, PBR. Cody Teal's awesome. My my actual bet tonight is Cody Teal on high rise, which I I just pray, I pray, pray, pray that works out for several reasons. Um, my fantasy tattoo league team. Is uh, one from the bottom, so that's nice. Uh, and I haven't even checked. In the history of Pro Fantasy Rodeo Tattoo League, I'm the only dude that's ever got a tattoo. So, Hambone, if you would happen to lose, you're definitely going to have to do the tattoo. Okay? And I think we got another. Uh, uh, Wilson Sanchez is a horse that Pete Carr bought two years ago. He's actually the first re-ride. That horse has been to the NFR eight times. Um, Midnight Rider in Stetson Wright. Another Pete Carr, uh, Midnight Rider, three-time NFR bucking bull. So Pete, Pete's got a stacked out tonight. So I, 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 I'm going to put this out there. This is my prediction. It may be early, but I believe with everything out that Pete's got tonight, the uh, Pete Carr Pro Rodeo is going to be walking across the South Point stage to receive a buckle and a gallon of that delicious, wonderful, tasty Pendleton whiskey. All right. Okay, you mark that it. right in your book. So we're thankful to Pete Carr, all he does. He's been with us for four years of this uh, this podcast. When we first started doing this, we, we had a card table set up 
outside the Tropicana and we and uh yeah we would get like 600 downloads and now we're knocking you know millions I, I don't want to say how many per day because Ferg will get mad at me if I say the wrong over thousands <laughs> thousands upon thousands so thank you to Pete nobody Card. takes your stats seriously anyways well I try to get my I'm doing I'm doing better <laughs> for good reason I'm look at this look at this this is uh, my wife and Fergie have made me notes. I'm so proud of see you. this. So I'm when I'm when I'm saying stuff like oh about Wilson Sanchez eight time NFR. I'm hold not on. lying. It's in my notes. Hey, there's a there's a fact. Tom Newens, he is part of our prize pack. You get a romantic oh, yeah. evening at uh, the Frontier Ranch in Freedom, Oklahoma, with that guy right there, Tom Newens. Um, you get to stay in a Volvo. Um, it'll be really cool. They make, make some leather belts. You know, you know, last year we put that in the Jimmy price. Jimmy Lee will cook a steak. We put that in the price package last year, but they didn't want to spend the romantic weekend in Freedom, Oklahoma. But <laughs> matter of fact, Tom, after the 10th performance, after the 10th round, we're actually going to need you to meet us because we might just put you in the Capri camper and send you on. <laughs> we got to shoot your calendar. Uh, <laughs> meet and greet Tom Newens. If you I'm going to have the shoot boss calendar. The Tom, Brent, Tony Amaral, <laughs> Brent Sutton. Brent Sutton. Binion, <laughs> John Guani. Oh, anyway, goodness. all right, let's get Boyd up here. I want, I want to bring up uh, – uh, well, before we do well, that, let's do our rodeo of the day first. Okay. Let's do our rodeo of the Sorry, day. Sorry, this is what happens. Boyd's going to get long-winded. <laughs> he can help us. Um, you know, every day we have a rodeo of the day. We, we try to put out uh, and talk about different rodeos that you may want to see and what they're doing for our events. Day one, we had the Kildare Mountain Roundup in Killer, North Dakota. Yesterday, we had the WCJRA, which is paying out over $400,000 July 23rd through the 27th at the Lazy E. Uh, just a phenomenal deal. 19 and under. Uh, and so they were here yesterday. Uh, Carrie and the crew was here and did a, a wonderful job for what they do for the youth. Uh, I mean, they're, they're paying out kids 15 years old, 30 grand. Mm -hmm. You know what I do with 30 grand in Las Vegas when I was a teenager? Two chicks at the same time. <laughs> but anyhow, um, <laughs> we'd like to invite up a gal I've known for a whole life. She's had a crush on me for at least 42 years. She's married to a steer wrestler. I got to pop her back. And she, <laughs> she is the main woman with the women's rodeo. All the way from Wheatland, California, now making her home in Colorado. The lovely, the wonderful, the beautiful, the vivacious babe of the year. Lindsay Sumter. I was going to keep going. No, I was going to keep going. Lindsay you Rosser Sumter, part you of the I slide a chair over. You don't have part to. of the uh, famed Rosser family. Hi, Linz. Hi. You can <laughs> keep going. I liked all the words, the descriptive words. She wears. Can we have the music one more time? <laughs> she wears a big ring on her finger, made of turquoise, that were actually once. Native American tears. Yes, they were. She paid sixteen thousand for that at booth number twenty-two five oh six. Right. Way did when he was at the NFL. Way did. Okay, that's all I got. <laughs> Lindsay, we're so glad to have you on here. Uh, you know, especially with Rump Chat, we love to point out our rodeo people and and you uh, for your rodeo career. Uh, have you have you seen the the pictures of Lindsay when she was little at, at the Flying Year Ranch or when she would be in the Bell? Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I've seen Lindsay in the boot. In the yes. boot, in the bell, coming down the hill in Hayward, jumping motorcycles, <laughs> jumping fire, all jumping the fire. Yes. 
Oh, just so great to have you on, Lindsay. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So you, oh, go ahead. No, no. You've got big, big things going on. You are the commissioner. I am the commissioner of Women's Rodeo World Championship, which is the female side of the WCRA, the World Champion, the World Champion Rodeo Alliance, WCRA, and the PBR. So the PBR are our parent companies, the WCRA and the PBR. So Women's Rodeo World Championship is the largest all-female, must-be-born female rodeo <laughs> in the world with $750,000 added for ladies only. I love that. Must be born female. It's rule number one. We're going to have to one. start putting that in our ground rules. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, um, <laughs> it, there's, there's a lot to that now in society and that's fine. And everybody um, gets to be their own person and have their own way. But for us, we had um, a core value of really celebrating ladies in the industry and, and letting this be their avenue. Yeah. And, awesome. and so at, was it Fort Worth? It's in Fort Worth, Texas. The, yeah, the so, big, big event, right? Yeah, it's a single event. It's the, like I said, the largest all-female rodeo. So you nominate your rodeos that you're already going to, and you accumulate points on our leaderboard. And then we bring the top 20 to Fort Worth, Texas during the PBR finals, May 18th through the 19th, or May 13th through the 19th in Fort Worth. But the cool thing about what? Nothing. Oh, you had a weird look on me. I just thought of something. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, the cool thing about it is our championship round, our triple crown round, is going to be at Cowboy Stadium. So the cowgirls are taking over. What? Yes. When is that? May. She just, <laughs> I just said that. No, but like when, I mean, in the weekend. Yeah, on the weekend. On Saturday. On Saturday. Okay. On Saturday the Sorry. 18th will be the barrel racing triple crown round. And on Sunday the 19th is the team roping and the breakaway triple crown so round. Was, oh, so our winner, up. our champions will win 60000 Good Lord. It, it really what is. What a time to be a woman in rodeo. Uh, well, you know, we've historically been underserved, honestly. Well, I mean, up until no 2019, there, wasn't, there was one event. And if you're six foot and not small, it's hard to be a jockey, right? Well, so Oh, you can be overweight and be a barrel racer. It's, it's kind of the you same as my Aunt Rhonda. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I guess there, I was going to say something about that. Yeah, um, about Aunt Rhonda? <laughs> yeah. um, but also just in, in sports in general. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, a shout out to my, to my Hawkeye, Caitlin Clark, you know, in, in college basketball. But that did last year um, just put – you know, that on a whole new level, you yeah. know, it was always, yeah, the WNBA, but you could see in the stands, it wasn't really wasn't going anywhere, but down. Well, in like Nebraska volleyball, what did, they did, they sold out the stadium this year. 90,000 yeah. people in Memorial yeah. stadium. Then Iowa had 55,000 in a women's basketball game in their football stadium. Yeah. So uh, it's pretty, it's cool. Uh, it's great. You know, uh, women it's, it's, it's their time. Well, so, yeah. they've always ruled the world, but just from behind the scenes, but you know, I want to, I want to give a shout out a little bit though. The IPRA, uh, they they actually brought yeah. in breakaway mm -hmm. years ago. Years ago. So I mean, like the IFR has been having breakaway for a long time, and uh, you know, at first I w I was a little I'm not gonna lie to you I was a little uh, I was a little worried about the breakaway or open at pro rodeos, but it's turned out to be a pretty pretty cool deal. I've actually kind of enjoyed. You know, we got a a lot of those gals are open are, are pretty dang cool to be around. You know. I just, I made the circuit finals in the mountain States this year and it was the first time I've been to a couple rodeos in my life and it was the first time I've been at a perf and there was 12 ladies who roped a calf with no barriers. Every single female roped a calf, no barrier under four seconds. 
12 in a row. I've never seen that in the team roping. I've never seen it in the bulldogging. I've never seen it in the tie down roping. I've never seen it in any rodeo in my lifetime. And Wade was like, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Not one person made a mistake with a barrier or missing 12 ladies, 12 times under four seconds. Absolutely. And it, it makes a deal the length of the barrier because short setups, you know, cause this was, uh, you know, not a concern, but a question like Angelo, pretty short setup. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a lot of running and gunning, but also there it's two head and a short. Right. So that's going to make them. Changes your mentality. Yeah. Not be just one head. You got to be one eight. Because that's probably what I'm guessing is going to be winning it is a one eight. That's fast. Well, Daniel Lohman was one seven, I think three times at the breakaway in FR this this week. Really? Yeah. Wow. She was one seven. And then Sarah Angeloni was one seven as well. I don't think you could do anything in one seven. I can. <laughs> you know what that is? We're Wait, live. Way to take the layup, Rump. I gave you the layup and you took it. In one yes. point, in one point. Ashley, thoughts? No, no, let me finish. Okay. In 1.7 seconds. Well, that's what you said. I could, t you guys, <laughs> that's not what I meant. Let's get back to Lindsay here. Okay. So after, uh, for all you don't know, Lindsay is married to a, a friend of ours, the, the great Wade Sumter, the steer wrestler, NFR, did everything. Wade did it right. Rodeo with a great bunch of people. Uh, Wade is not. When Wade quit rodeoing, he disappeared. He's still like yeah. he's at the ranch and won't come out. Willie. No, he actually had a ticket to come out with. He came with me last year. Remember? I remember that. And then and he like hid behind the sign. Yeah, he went to the massage chairs over there. And then this year he had a ticket and he accidentally got a whole like eighty-two fresh calves, fresh wing calves from the sale barn. The week before, and he's like, oh, I can't come now. Does he? Okay, yeah. so the question Weird. is, does he push your calf at these events? He, uh, no, he will not even, he's not even around. Like, <laughs> honestly, this is not even a lie. And I love him and he's amazing. Um, maybe has watched me compete. He did not know I made the circuit finals. <laughs> like, I love went, and marriage. Right? He goes, like I like I I just rodeoed pretty small, small scale rodeoed. I would leave in the afternoon, get home in the middle of the night. And, you know, obviously had a little success. And he's like, uh, I said something about the circuit finals. And he goes, you made the circuit finals? I was like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going in third. And he's like, really? <laughs> and well, I'm like, good for you, what honey. You, what, do you guys, right? what do you guys visit about then? Cattle and horses and kids and going to football games and, you know, doing all the kids stuff. So I would leave in the afternoon and get home in the middle of the night. I was there the next morning. Like I, I wasn't gone for very long. I didn't rodeo very hard. Was he like, where did you go? Were you, were you not home last night? I was at like, rodeo, dinner, Wade. Dinner's in the crock pot. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, yeah, he doesn't like to leave. Yeah. So to, let's, uh, I want the, the events coming up. Lazy's January 3rd to the 6th, $400,000 payout. 400,000. Yeah, that's with the WCRA. So that's one of the parent companies. Um, we went to Tryon, North Carolina. If you ever have a chance to go to that facility, it is amazing. Um, all of the majors have equal added money for the ladies' events. Um, WCRA was probably one of the first to do that. Um, you know, when they went to Chicago and Jackie won 50,000, it was kind of a, a big step. They have awarded over $14 million to contestants, and $5 million of that has been to ladies. Mm. Our event alone has awarded three million, over $3 million to female athletes. So there's a great, like, there's great opportunities in it. There's $183,000 in the heading and $183,000 in the healing for women's team roping is huge. So when you 
look at that. I mean, those numbers don't lie. The money's mm -hmm. there. They're awarding, they're, you know, celebrating the athletes. It's really important, you know, to, we, we found it to be important to make sure there was other avenues for ladies to get qualified. So we have qualifier series events, the highest nominated athlete who places gets in. And then we have our last chance qualifier in conjunction with Calgary gathering and the mayor of Fort Worth proclamated that week of women's women's rodeo world championship week in Fort Worth. And that week with Calgary gathering and us is over $1.145 million to wow. ladies Good that Lord. week. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. But you know, the thing about it is like, if you, uh, I will give this out to the ladies. If you right now said, we're going to put up an arena right here and have a breakaway open. By the time that we say breakaway open, we're going to have 185 entries. Yes. I mean, breakaway ropers will enter. Well, they, I mean, they haven't, I am of the generation that when I finished college, it was over, you know, like when our college rodeo career, we didn't really get to real breakaway cast. If you didn't live in Texas, which I was living in California. And then I moved to Colorado and the amateur rodeos had breakaway. But for the most part, you were either a barrel racer or you team roped and you only went to jackpots. So I think that the ladies are excited, but that the young ones coming up have changed the game in the breakaway roping. It's so fast now. Um, and, and there's their athletic ability and their hand-eye coordination. It makes us old, you know, older You're not ladies. Old. Well, I, I mean, like <laughs> I'm not 42 either. I haven't loved you for 42 years because I'm not that old. I didn't say that. You did. Uh-uh. I, I had a crush on you for 42 years. Yes. Oh, okay. So Wait. I'm not 42 years I'm old. I'm not a so. numbers guy, okay? Is <laughs> that in here? You're not a facts guy. No, I'm not a facts guy at all. Uh, but, yeah, I tell you, it's just it's amazing. In, in the, like you said, it, it's for a young girl that wants to rope, and there's somewhere to go past college. My plan is that your daughters will never know what it's like to not – have an opportunity to do what they love when you put that much effort into a sport and it just, it stopped for mm -hmm. me. Um, you're, I don't want your daughters to ever have that. And my, our biggest goal at women's rodeo world championship is to allow ladies to have two different avenues. There's nothing against rodeoing. I love rodeo and I love, you know, everything rodeo has given me so much and I want to give back to it, but I, but being gone nine months out of the year is hard and tearing up a pickup and tearing up a horse trailer and, the horses you got to put in it. So women's rodeo world championship is just another avenue for ladies to kind of stay in their lane. If you're already going to a rodeo, if you're going to the blackjack table, you got two aces, double down, nominate that rodeo, accumulate points to our leaderboard, which will allow you a chance to go to women's rodeo world championship. And maybe you were like me and you were only an hour and a half away when you went to those rodeos. And, and then you could say, okay, well, I made the circuit finals. I went to 11 rodeos, made the circuit finals. And though I counted all those rodeos to go to women's rodeo world championship to go rope for 750,000. And you can nominate through the app. You nominate through the Everybody's app. Everybody's got an app. So, so yeah. So app. tell, tell uh, people listening, tell ladies listening yes. how to get, how to get all this started. So women's rodeo world championship has an app, um, wrwc.rodeo. And what we do is we classify ladies so we have the challenger and the pro. That's the other cool part about Women's Rodeo World Championship. So if you win less than 100000 in the barrel racing in your lifetime earnings and 30000 in the year, then you're a challenger barrel racer or a pro barrel racer. Breakaway roping is 30000 lifetime, 10000 in the year annually. If you win more than that, you're a pro. If less than that, you're a challenger. So in our competition, the challengers compete, the pros compete, and at the end they come together. Not that it, there's no negative connotation to being a challenger. It's just that maybe you're a mom, you have three kids and you don't, you can't go to 150 rodeos. You know, you can only go to 11 
And so you, you don't have the opportunity to win that much money. So those ladies compete. They compete at the end for 60000 But you go on the app. You find your event. You, you, Fowler Roping Club. Nominate Fowler Roping Club. Pay your nomination fee. Accumulate points from your winnings. Boom. Boom. Enter up, y'all. Go run for a million and a half. <laughs> Get it. Get it. It's pretty. It's cool. I mean, um, it's if you said that you could have just stayed in your lane and gone to the rodeos that you had a lot of success at that you really liked and then nominated those to go compete for 400,000 at the lazy E. I don't know why you wouldn't do that for sure. Why not? Yeah. So chance to make money. Yeah. Big money. We like money. We like money. We like money. Well, uh, we just, we love you. You're, you've I been a friend you for a long Thank time you. and, and, um, uh, family tell the family. Hello. I will. We're uh, Thank you. Kiss wait on the lips for us. Yes. Not for us. Not for you. This is from Hambo, not Rump. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll just do a high five. I want to tell you, thank you guys for supporting Rump Chat yes. and our rodeo of the day, the women's rodeo, and awesome news. That's a lot of money. Uh, I, I didn't even know that. So Yeah, and cowgirls are taking over Cowboy Stadium. Come on. Yes, cowgirls. Well, that'll be nice. I mean, the... Well, Dak, never mind. Anyway, I'm not going <laughs> to get into football after what happened with the Packers and the Chiefs. Anyhow, well, Lindsay, we're glad to have awesome. you on. Thank, Thank you, you for, for stopping by. We love you. How about a Fergie Sumter? Brother? Thank you very much. I always want to say roster. It's so hard not to. Roster Sumter. Yeah. All right. I'm going to let you, you take this. You want to take no, this go one? ahead. I'm, I'm going to get a gold buckle beer while you do this. Oh, well, here, I get it as I do it. Our next guest, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, frequent, frequented on this show, talked about nearly every show impersonated all the time non-stop but he's one of our dear friends i wouldn't be where i'm at today without this guy most likely rump either no uh been at this involved at this event did it for a quarter of a century first ballot hall of famer ladies and gentlemen mr boyd paul amos sparta was Texas. Nothing can break, nothing can break me down. Back by popular demand. <laughs> I'm glad you're sitting by. How about that Packer Chiefs game there, Stud Muffin? Hey, this is my show. Okay, I'll ask yeah. you to leave. And I just want to say thanks for dressing up. You look great today. Uh, Appreciate. Be sure, to, be sure to hold the mic uh, close. Appreciate that. <laughs> I dressed up for you. I, I went rump chat style. Yes. Oh, right this is filthy. definitely rump chat style. Hooded sweatshirts and ball caps. So I, it just did hit me, you know, when she, when she said, what could you do in 1.7 seconds? <laughs> and I looked straight at Ashley. I just did because I thought that was a good night for Rome. No, that was <laughs> that. I was going to tell you two whiskeys. I was going to tell you what, what, what I told you at Denver last year when when Boyd said something like that. 2.5 seconds. What could you do in 2.5 seconds? And I said, name off all your friends. <laughs> that was a great line. That was a great comeback. Buddy burn. I don't get to I don't get to buddy burn. I don't get to burn Boyd very often because I'm just not that witty. But when I do, it oh, is, yeah. it is like, the, the, like the heavens open up and God himself reaches a hand out and gives me a high five. It's like it's like when you prove him wrong, you gotta stop and go. Wow, so this is what it's like to be right. You've done that? Jake, do you have some yeah. hallelujah music? Yeah, yeah, hallelujah. It is, because it, it doesn't happen very often. Well, I would hate for me to usurp <laughs> boys of 30. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. 
Uh, we're glad to have you on, Boyd. Thanks. We, we do. You know, I think about that. Boy, we talk about Boyd all the time. But like like Hambone said, I I I don't know what I'd be without Boyd. Boyd has personally uh, done so much for my career from teaching my wife. Actually, actually, kind of pisses me off because I could be so much better off financially myself if it wasn't for Boyd because he taught my wife how to handle money and. Uh, <laughs> Now I'm on responsibly. A, I'm on a budget, and oh, well, listen to this. <laughs> it's even got worse. Every time I use my credit card, it dings a text message to her now. <laughs> so, this is Rump, Rump's young in his career. He hadn't won Clown of the Year yet. When I'm working with him, and I could just tell, you know, he's he's got Flint Rasmussen talent. He's just he's got a certain charisma. He's not like all the other clowns, and I know this guy's fixing to take off. And if he takes off, he's going to start earning some money. And if he doesn't tend to his money, then once he's done and his career is over, he, we know too many guys who have nothing when it's done. So I went into Rump's camper with Ashley, and we sat down, and I started telling her about LLCs and tax deductions and all this other kind of stuff. And Ashley writes down everything, and she took it much farther than I could have ever coached her, okay? But one of the great things was is she gave Rump. Rump sucks with money. Okay, I'm terrible. He's horrible. Even though he got a he got a degree in business finance. Okay, <laughs> Ashley has to keep him on an allowance every True. week. Okay, thank God. So Rump started figuring out a trick. Here's what he would do: he'd go to the cowboy hospitality booth to eat. Okay, and then he would take his LLC card that he was supposed to use solely at Walmart to buy groceries. You get X amount of dollars a week to buy groceries at Walmart. He is on a budget, okay? Well, he finds out he can eat at Cowboy Hospitality and then use his Walmart card to buy beer. He makes the mistake of bestowing that knowledge upon me. That was a big mistake. Loose lips. So the next thing I did was let Ashley know that he was on his beer budget from Walmart and Things have gotten increasingly worse for Rump ever since. If he finds cash anywhere in a pant pocket or something, it's like a four-year-old at Christmas getting a Transformer. <laughs> oh, my God. I wonder what I could do but, with this. But you know what, though? It's I'm, I'm so glad that happened because uh, – and there's a lot of people shopping. There's a lot of people out there. Shop, so don't like, act like I'm the only guy that's bad with money. But I guarantee if I had a credit card with a million-dollar limit and somebody says, just take it easy – I could make it from here till probably five o'clock before it's maxed out and not really have anything. Like, <clears throat> speaking of that and budgeting for those at home yet to come out here that are going to listen to oh, this. Yes. Uh, if you've got maybe $2,000 for your play money that you're shopping and everything, move half of it into food and beverage. This place is nuts. So I can trace this back. When we first, when I first started coming out here in the uh, 91, wasn't it? Uh, 90 was my first year on the podium as an alternate. The 91 was my first year, dude. Wow. So, but you'd go to, you'd stay at the Gold Coast, you know, and Michael owned that. This was before Michael sold out to Boyd Gaming, those properties. And for $1.98, you'd get a T-bone steak, a, a, a mug of beer, side salad, or, or uh, for a buck ninety-eight, it would have to be from midnight to 8 o'clock in the yeah, morning. the graveyard specials. The graveyard specials. Right now, I'm at the Mirage, and you know the little, uh, if you're on an airplane and you order a bourbon, no. and they give you one that's a 50 milliliter size? Well, they stock that in my room. They have a little 17 bucks. Mm. 
$17 for one airport size shot of whiskey. It's it's actually $3 if you want to smell a beer there. <laughs> <laughs> so they told me, too, somebody who was staying at Resource World said they have a mini bar in their room, and the machine judges it on weight. Yep. So if you pull it out of your, your, your mini bar and you look at it for more than 30 seconds, the weight in the machine registers as it's gone, and they bill it to your room. $26 for them peanuts. But I was, I was, I really want to challenge that. I want to, uh, there's some, uh, peanut covered M or the M&Ms with the peanuts in them. So I think I could get it off the deal, open it, eat one, put it back on in under 30 seconds. I wonder if it would know. So what happened was, is way back, you remember in 2008 and nine, when we had the big financial crisis and yes. we're bailing everybody out and what have you, and times got really tough. People were coming to Vegas but they weren't gambling as much. They weren't going to shows as much, but they had to eat. And that's when the properties started going, hey, they're not buying tickets. They're not playing as much at the tables. They're not going to as many shows, but we still need to make our money off of them. So one of the things they did is they started taking away those graveyard specials because it used to be. you. Could, well, it was one of the best things yeah. was how economical it was to buy and eat food out here. You know, you see those old pictures and and some of the crowd may have been back back in the old days the old sahara and 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 mm -hmm. uh the the the, the ending scene of 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 not goodfellas but casino yeah when it's like when he's when all they're tearing down all the old casinos and he's talking about the golden age of vegas is gone because people used to dress up and then it shows all these older people coming in sweatsuits and hooded sweatshirts and stuff <laughs> and, uh, i'm right filthy <laughs> but uh you almost kind of kind of kind of miss that that old vegas but yeah. it, it's there's so much good about it but it is nuts right now oh so i'm gonna tell you this a if you get two beers and a nacho <laughs> at resorts world it's 91 dollars. okay so is there anybody out there shocked that rump's lunch routine is two beers and a nacho yeah <laughs> well the funny thing is like i sat down at the table and the lady comes by and she's like sir i just want you to know it's a 25 dollar minimum if you sit down i'm like there's nothing in here for less than 25, baby. You're like, there's not like a, a special, you know? Like, I'd like a sip of water. Okay, that'll be $43. I'm going to spin the iPad around. It's going to ask you a couple questions. <laughs> What'd you have? That, like the Starbucks deal where the guy goes in there and orders a muffin, and the lady gets a prepackaged muffin that she didn't make. It's already in the wrapper. The lady at Starbucks spins around and gives the $10 muffin and then once a 22% tip for turning around. <laughs> People just wanting money for nothing. That reminds me, tell everybody the story about uh, the guy you worked for in the pool and that kid that came by and wanted money for his Oh, trip. man, they, this kid stopped by and, uh, well, there was two of them. They wanted... Uh, no, wait, set the scene. Where are you? So I'm, I'm in a Ponca City, Oklahoma at the pool house. Okay. And these, these kids stopped by because they want uh, my boss, Galen, to give $500 to their senior trip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great. And uh, he's he's a hardworking guy and a Vietnam vet and an all-around good person. And so he he says, okay, so you want me just to give you kids $500? Uh, yes, sir, we're going on a trip and we're raising money. So just give you $500? You want me to give you $500? You want $500? You'd be here tomorrow morning. You can haul some concrete. I don't give anybody. You know where I went for my senior trip? Vietnam. I'm not giving you $500. i am like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So I tell the kids, I'm like, yeah, but yeah, just you better come back Sorry. later. <laughs> my Sorry. senior trip was Vietnam. Vietnam. Yeah. Sorry, that, that sidetracked me, but. 
What I want to talk, you know, we referenced, you know, your first year in 1990. You know, what was, you know, me experiencing that last night? What was your experience? Was you with if you can Bobby? remember, if you can remember, yeah, it was with then. Bobby T. And uh, I had never worked with Bob at that point. Wow, really? So, so the two of us had never worked together. And uh, I just remember being real, real nervous and telling Bob, I'm a big football guy. Um, I'm like, okay, you be the quarterback. I'll be the halfback and pitch it to me. Just pitch it to me. And so that's what we did that first night. I let Bobby T lead the way, and I just followed on his, on his footsteps. But so uh, the thing that comforted me is when we went, and then went dark, and the spotlights came on for the welcome, Bob, I was standing at Bob's right, and he had his hand behind his back like this, and his hand was just shaking. He was just shaking. He was so nervous. And I'm like, wow, I'm not the only nervous one here. <laughs> I'm not the only one that's nervous. If Bob Tomlin could be nervous. Certainly I could be nervous. So, yeah, one of my favorite memories of with Bob is if you – Bobby T never runs over anybody intentionally, okay? But Bobby T moves real fast with his mind and his mouth, okay? And you should. If you want to hear – you know, Bob's still awesome, but – Google and watch some of the old Bull Riders only yeah, television BROs on YouTube. On YouTube, and if you want to hear a vintage Bob Tolman at the top of his game, it's just awesome stuff. Well, one year I'm working the finals with him, and we go, and it's Ty Murray in the Bronx ride. And Ty Murray is so Bob sees it's Ty Murray, and Bob takes him, and he sells him, and he takes him all the way through the replay, and he sells him. Well, the next guy on the list is Dan Mortensen. So Bobby's excited, and he takes Dan Mortensen, too. And so now we went two guys, and I haven't said a word. So I pull a little pocket knife out of my pocket, <laughs> and I lean over on his podium, and I stick it right like that into his podium. I'll get that. Don't worry about and it. And I said, if you do that again, I'm cutting your cord. They're paying me just as much to be here as they are you, so don't run away with it again. Anyway, he's, he didn't ever even do what he was doing. He goes, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. I didn't know. But he gets so excited when he's announcing, especially when it's somebody like a Ty Murray or a Dan Mortens. Yeah. So. We're trying – Jacob's trying to pull some up. But that that uh, that era – and Bob was supposed to be here, but Bob, <laughs> Bob, Bob tends to commit to too many things. Bless yeah. his heart. He's a wanted man. I mean, you can't yeah. blame him. But uh, So what's he, it just you and I, Bob – oh, sorry. No, they, I mean, the greatest – Memories of my time, you two together in the 2000s, um, and even today, but that time it was just, it just make the hair on the back of your mm -hmm. neck stand up. It was just you two together were the NFR with the band. And, and no, not the band. No, I, when I, Benji was there. But Benji came in 2000, was Benji's first year. Yeah, because yeah. I remember when you guys had the band. The dun, 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 no, that was actually yeah. it was 1999. Steve Rempless. <laughs> was in a room with a trombone, okay? And he would watch the rodeo on a screen, and then he would play during the uh, during the ride. But after that, there was no music. So after that, we weren't, there were no sound effects. There was yeah, no yeah. music Build beds, music, yeah. none whatsoever. So the announcers are filling everything until the next guy nods, and that's when they would start blowing the horn, you know, play the horn, and it was that way. Through 1999, so my first one was 91 as an announcer. I was the alternate 92 and 93, alternate again in 95, announced it in 96, alternate 97, and then 1998 is when me and Bob started our little run of like nearly 15 consecutive years together. 
Um, I had one year with Randy Corley in there in 1994, but uh, at that time, again, we did yeah. not have we did not have music. We had well, uh, just a guy blowing on a horn. And and the alternate only did what three perfs? No, no, the alternate didn't do anything but get coffee for the two guys that got it. <laughs> so they they didn't start incorporating the alternate. What happened was is there was some political pushback because Bob and I were getting a job every mm-hmm. year. Other announcers were like, "Hey, that's not fair. Why do those guys get it every year?" So they planned on bringing in an alternate, a different alternate every year, and then having that guy work one performance with me and one performance with Bob just so that more people would get exposure. Well, then the next thing that happened is, okay, let's have him work two performances with Boyd and two performances with Bob, and then they started picking Randy. Started picking Randy every year. They weren't rotating the alternate. And then once Randy got in there, it just said, why don't all three of us just rotate and share each each night? And so – yeah, it was um, those. Th- I mean, God, it was just the best. And 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 then Benji would start with the, started having the, of course, you know, the cowboy effect with Cody Ole. They'd hit that, and oh, or the, and the or, place would go nuts. Which which tonight, you know, you're gonna hear that again because he's the icon, right? And and I like they brought Bob back to, to yep. voice those, which was neat. And and so that's gonna that's gonna be fun to hear that again in that building. With, that was with Cody. That was the glory, <clears throat> the glorious, most awesome days of roping. Was Cody Ole, Fred Whitfield? Oh man! Years. I mean, that was to this day. And and man, I'm not knocking anybody because like, man, Caleb Schmidt is a machine. Yes, probably one of the go down as one of the best. Uh, yep. I mean, Hanchi, awesome. Yeah. Corey Solomon, awesome. John Douch, awesome. But I mean, in the in the '90s there, the, in the 2000s when there was, when it was a, Fred, and Cody. there was a rivalry. I mean, they were friends, but there was this rivalry, you know, between. Cody and Fred, and it was it, it just polish the buckle, oh, yeah, and raise the roof, and mm-hmm. and it was just it was, and actually Vegas wasn't as busy at that time because we didn't have hockey, we didn't have the Amazon Christmas party, we didn't have the NFL, we didn't you know, and so the rodeo was it in Vegas, and that's all there was was the rodeo, and now over time, more and more things have come to the city in December. Which, as you all can see, when you're trying to travel, traffic is nuts. So they had the NBA just this last weekend. It's it's crazy. Yeah, but you know when you were talking earlier too about the Dan Mortensen mm-hmm. era, Dan Mortensen and Billy Epower, and and in the bareback riding when Larry Sambic go, I yeah. wish I wish Larry Sambic could ride in this day and age. The old wild man. Oh um, man, what a looking back at old NFRs. It's just it's it's pretty cool to think about those guys that have been there and done that and. And uh, because like the NFR, it is something special. It is. I mean, it's something like it's it's hard to explain to to outsiders. I believe it it really is. And you could say it's our World Series, it's our Super Bowl. But if you're a devout rodeo fan and a fan of the cowboy way of life and the Western way of life, the NFR is just such an iconic event. And then, of course, experiencing it from inside the room. It's almost like a game day college football feel inside the Thomas and Mac. After yeah. after you announced it for like ten years, and I always wondered this, and I, I ask everybody. But after you've done it so many times, do you, was it still the thrill? Like, man, I'm here, or was like, well, I've been here, done that. It's just it's a- actually, you know, you're always flattered and honored, and and you're you're flattered and honored that you're on that podium and you're doing something 
that you would do for free if you were sitting in the stands. If I'm sitting in the stands with you, Rump, I'm going to go, oh, my gosh, look at little Red Hawk from the roster string. This horse has been here 13 times. This Hayden has been winning everything. I think here's the round. That's what I would say to you if I was sitting next to you. But I'm doing it on a microphone, and they're paying it for me. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing I felt over the tenure, over the, the 20 – I was, I was on the podium 29 times in 30 years. Wow. Okay? Either as a – How about that? Yeah, yeah round of applause. That's, that's something. But either as a production manager or as an announcer or an alternate. And the number one fear I have is I still have it to this day in places like Dodge City or Nampa. I never wanted somebody to think I took the day off. That this is easy for me now. All I got to do is show up and do my stuff. So the number one fear – you felt I felt more pressure – to do it better each time I got it because I was worried someone would go, he didn't put his homework in or he didn't know that he had this horse at Houston and won the round. And so the more you get it, maybe less of the, wow, this is awesome and such an honor starts to go away. And if you care about your product as a professional, you just feel more and more pressure to make sure that this year was as good as last year or better. Because there's 17,000 critics, critics in that building. Yes. Oh, that doesn't even count. I mean, I mean, I'm not, I mean, that's not being offended. There just is. You know, they may have, oh, you know, I, I like, you know, this guy better. I don't like that or I've heard that or whatever. But it's, but it, the thing about Boyd is, and I think a big misconception, it doesn't matter if it's at the Thomas and Mac or if he interrupts our pregame. Uh, drinks in Rosenberg, Texas. Yes, he does. To come over and go through, I mean, Rosenberg. To, it's great rodeo, county fair rodeo, South Texas. And um, comes in and he goes, okay, let's walk through this opening. At 6.53.30, we're going to go through this and this and breaks it. I mean, that's how much he cares. It's not because he, you know, wants to control things. It's because... He's, that's the way you are, and that's the way you're built. So and I was having this conversation with somebody who was trying to equate me with Bob Tallman, okay, that I was like Bob Tallman. And I said, no, no, I am not. And, again, I'm a big Packer fan, so I like to use analogies, okay? So I go, Brett, that. Brett Favre. Brett Favre was one of the most beloved Packers of all time, okay? But Brett Favre has a charisma and a way about him and the southern boy charm, and, and you loved watching him play because he gutted it out every play, right? And then you go to Aaron Rodgers, who's an equally talented quarterback. We'll end up in the Hall of Fame. He's won a Super Bowl. Not near as charismatic. Not near as endearing as an individual. Perfectionist in some ways. Dirty looks at his wide receivers when they don't run the right route. I'm more Aaron than I am Bob. I don't do that on purpose. It's just how I, I care. And I care doesn't pay. When I sign a contract with a rodeo, they've agreed how much they're going to pay me, right? So when I start making suggestions about trying to make the rodeo better, and I could do it with a tone that sometimes isn't as you know, very enjoyable to listen to, it doesn't affect my pay. I'm not doing it for myself. I think my biggest job is, is not just to inform and entertain the audience, but to make sure the people who came to that rodeo want to buy a ticket to it next year. Okay. And if you're going to have a 10 minute, you know, presentation in the middle of the rodeo that fans didn't pay to see, and you're going to slow your rodeo down and people start looking at their phone and they start thinking about other things I could do tonight. And then they go back to home or to work the next day and they go, did you go to the rodeo? Yeah, it was boring. It was boring. Well, that's, then they're not going to buy a ticket to the rodeo the next year.
So over the 35 years I have as a professional announcer, I've learned a lot of things about what people will pay to see and what people don't really care to see. And I often consult with my committees, as both of you know, trying to avoid the things that people won't pay to see and trying to do more of the things that people will pay to see. But because of that, Bobby T will go, we'll do whatever you want. <laughs> you know, he's just he's just glad to be there. We'll do whatever you want. He's Brett Favre. He's going to sling it, you know. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm a little more, I'll use the word anal, about how we, we should put a product in front of the people. And because of that, I think I've helped rodeos like San Angelo and Dodge there, City. There's and, not one rodeo that you go to that's in a worse spot than when you got there. I, and I pride myself on that because I just don't want to be a, a parasite. So, right, because all of us are, we need volunteers on a local level at a rodeo committee to commit hours and hours of their life for no money to put on a rodeo so that we can come to it, have our sponsor banners shown, and we can get a paycheck that we can go home and pay our bills with. So we're parasitic off these volunteers and these local sponsors. But they're good parasites. And good parasites will give back more than they suck off the venue, okay? And, and, and that's what I try to do. I want to I give back more to the venue. I want those people to say, hey, that rodeo was so much fun, so entertaining, and the guy who announced it was really, really good, and I enjoyed listening to him. And you know what? I'm coming back to the rodeo next year. But if I go up there and I take the day off, or I don't care about whether or not I sell a contestant or a horse, what are the chances that that fan is going to come back and support the rodeo the next year, or that sponsor is going to come back and support it? So it's, uh, you know, I, I wants to be popular. They really, really do. Nobody wants to be disliked, okay? But I recognize my approach is, a, to your point, what can you do in 2.5 seconds, Rump? List off all your list off all your friends. <laughs> so, but the friends that I do have that know me, the Justin Rumfords, the Ashleys, the Josh Hambone Hiltons, the Whitneys, the Kirsten Volds, the Binion Servies, they they know me and my warts and they genuinely love me. There's a lot of people who only see me or hear the side of me that is not popular that form an opinion that he's just an ass. But I know I can't make them all happy. And if I change the way I live or change who I am to make somebody like me more, then I'm giving them the power to control my life. If I change who I am to make somebody like me more, then I'm giving that person I don't even know the power to control how I conduct my life. And I, I only get one of these to live, so I'm going to live it that well, way. You know, and that, that, is, that is so crazy, too, because I think about that all the time about, you know, myself when people write stuff on Facebook and be like, I hate that guy. He's a piece of shit. Like mm -hmm. we've never met. You right. don't know me. We've never had a conversation. Like you can say, I don't like him as a clown. Sure. You can say, I don't think he's funny. Like I don't, you can say that and I can agree with that. But at San Antonio, um, as is in the contract, it says I have to interview the mutton busters and they want a, a, a question. So I have a list of questions that's predetermined through the committee of what I asked these kids. It's, it's part of the show. And I, I don't even remember what the question was, but this one lady says, I am just ashamed to be from the same state as Justin Rumford. I cannot stand that. He is a terrible person. I'm like a terrible person. Like, you know, you know, we've never talked. I I've, I've done a lot of good things, but that, that is the hard part about being in the public eye. And I think, um, 
Heat Stewart is as much as I hate to give him any credit. Uh, he was one of them, when I was complaining about that one time, he said, well, you know what? He said, no one ever said anything bad about you when you were a truck driver, but you were driving a truck and hauling stock. So, right. there you, go. you know, I mean, the, right. the, it's something that we deal with and, and times have changed so much, especially for the announcers. I've watched the old YouTube videos, even back in the seventies when the, the announcement was, as, it was not the entertainment, but if you, Look at the, the crowd. The crowd sits. No one really cheered, but it was, oh. let's go to the next young man from Helena, Montana. He's on a horse called Gopher. And then... Can he do it? We'll find out. You know what I'm saying? So you know, these things have evolved, but when you look at entertainment uh, in rodeo, and we, I preach this all the time, I'm like, I know the, the older generation a lot of time doesn't like the, the loud music and the lights and all the stuff. Mm -hmm. But to, to keep moving forward, we can't stick with the, the 1970s approach. Well, this, this is the analogy I like to use, okay? Oftentimes, they'll go, but we've always done it this way. It's a tradition. Okay. Hank Williams Jr. and George Strait both sing country music. It's a tradition. Country music is a tradition. But the way Hank Sr. put on a concert and the way George Strait puts on a concert is night and day different because country music had to evolve in the way they present their shows in order to compete for the entertainment dollar. Yeah. And that's what we're actually up. But we got to compete against miniature golf, the great the go-kart racetrack, you know, or a round of golf. Where are you going to spend your money to be entertained? And that's one thing I do like about rodeo compared to other, other professional sports, especially our concerts. Most of our tickets are still very affordable for a family. And that's, I think, is good. Well, and I mean, there was a this, this he's an idiot pot belly team roper that put out this. He's like, Do you go to the, you like the, uh, I want to ask a poll. Do you go to listen to the announcer or the music or do you go to see cowboy rope or ride? He lights in this. And then people are like, Oh, it's, you know, his idiotic followers are, We're about the cowboy. And that's fine. You can be. Then why aren't the seats full in slack? Go watch slack. Because we're in the entertainment business. Right. And it, it just blows my mind that people could even fathom not having all that together. Now, you can have your opinion, and that's fine. But, again, my point is you can go watch all the roping you want. You go to Cheyenne for a week and never go to a perf and see a lot of runs. Right. That's fine if you want to do that. Right. But they're going to put on a show when it comes rodeo time. Because they have to. They have to. Because that's what the gen that's what the people, the masses want. I'll the say masses that. want, right? And and you can't put one. You, you can't put a rodeo on strictly for the contestants. You can't put a rodeo on strictly for the purist, who just you know don't want to see a clown on the cowboy channel. They just want to watch the roping, right? You have to put on a perth that appeals to a broad demographic of moms, daughters, first time rodeo fans, seasoned rodeo fans, and you've got to fit it. So you feed all of them a little bit of what they want to eat. Amen. You, you uh, know, one of, my, one of my favorite Boyd stories, though, is uh, when we were at Albuquerque, New Mexico. I was going to bring this up. <laughs> Tell it. <It's laughs> to this day, because like we were talking about, Boyd is production. We are, and I, I don't know. I think even a lot of times rodeo people don't understand how many hours we sit in production meetings going over to make sure that everything fits Perfect. 20, 29 years of here, yeah. Half his life has been in a meeting room in that. <laughs> I promise you. This is true. But we're at Albuquerque, and there's maybe 76 people in the stands. It's a Sunday afternoon. It's a bull riding. It's 
supposed to be an extreme bull riding, but it's actually just an an extra. It's I mean they had enough it's bull riders to bull yeah, it's it basically slack, and there's nobody there. We get started, and Rump, and we had a driver driving us to Omaha that night. We already had a driver, so may and may not have had a full a few uh, silver bullets before I was, the. I was slamming beers like they were going <laughs> so out of style. We go, we get into this, and I know he had a few beers because I was with him. And uh, Boyd's start announcing, and he's like, oh, next up is, you know, John Doe. And, hey, boy, let me tell you something. I'm going, oh, <laughs> easy rump, you're, you're running over the big guy. Uh, this is not going to – he's going to chirk your chain. And does this about four times, just interrupts Boyd. And uh, we get done with section one, and Rump comes down, and I'm up on a pond. I'm like, Rump, come here. And I go up there, and I go, what are you doing? He's going to kill you. You've walked over him like four times. It's going to be bad. You're going to yell at him, and then you're going to be all sad, and i got to put up with you And on a, on a long trip to o- Omaha. And uh, he goes, oh, no, no. And he pulled me to the side of the rodeo. He goes, there ain't enough people here, man. It's all you, brother. Take it away. <laughs> <laughs> I had, I had, but see, that wasn't even the one I was talking about. Oh, uh, the, well, that was the one I remember. The one at Albuquerque I was talking about, they had a lady. In oh, the, the buffalo with oh, the bustier. This she had a, the, the buffalo with the bustier. Okay, you know, we got a, we got a precursor to this in a production meeting. Bustier. As, as we we've all been with this guy, and I, and I'm the same. I agree wholeheartedly. You know, turn your phone off. It's like any meeting. Turn your phone off. No side meetings. Don't look Don't around. be whispering to the other person while somebody's talking. You're going to miss something or distract somebody else. Agree wholeheartedly. But he enforces it very... Um, Undiplomatically. There you go. Hey. There's some, yeah, some, some fists have been slain. Anyway, so in a meeting, we, you shut up until called upon pretty much unless you, you know. And uh, there, there was a, a, a bullfighter there, a bullfighter that was had an opinion out of nowhere about something that had nothing to do with fighting bulls or during the mutton busting, to which Boyd shut that down very quickly. And, um, and then and then this lady who is in a bustier. Which, for you don't know, a bustier is called a high boob holder. Yeah, and they're under her chin. I mean, these and are some she's boobs worn now. it for every production meeting we've been in. She is very proud of what God did not give her, what Dr. Smith gave her, at the clinic. Her boob was the size of that bucket machine right there. I mean, she had some hooters on her. Okay, thank you. Uh, I think they get the point. Sorry. So, um, we're going through there, and, and their act is that we're doing a closing at the end of the rodeo, and they've got a white buffalo. And he's going to come wait, out. and Wait, just uh, look for the right. No, no, I'm not. I want you to continue. Uh, they claimed it was a white buffalo, okay? <laughs> but this white buffalo looked like every dog in Albuquerque had taken a piss on it. <laughs> I mean, it was dirty yellow. It was dirty yellow. I mean, the ugliest looking buffalo you've ever seen in yeah, your life. The buffalo but didn't look healthy, it, it, but it was a white buffalo. Okay, so, yeah. So uh, he was supposed to come out and put his feet up on a stump, on an actual stump, on a stump. So Boyd he goes, "Okay, um, you know, what's the story? We're doing a closing. I have to incorporate this into a story. I'm telling these people instead of just going, here's a buffalo with his feet up on a stump.'" To which old Hooters McGee turns to him and goes, how many buffalo do you think put his feet on a stump? And Rump and I go, uh-oh, oh, no. And no, Boyd no, goes, no, because he says, he says, okay, so what's the sell? Well, they put it on the stump. Well, then what? What well, do you mean, what, then yeah, what? Yeah, that's what he said. What's the story? Yeah. So when she says that and Boyd goes, let me tell you something, lady. 
I've seen a Walmart man put two buffalo on top of a trailer. I've seen Ted Nugent ride one across the stage and shooting a flaming arrow off the back. What's so special about your buffalo on a stump? <laughs> she didn't have much of an answer. That's what me and Hamlet are like. <laughs> Don't make eye contact. Entering a world of pain, lady. What? But it was true. It was true. I mean, he's got the community. He's got a job to tell his story, not like, and now a buffalo on a stump. Ladies and gentlemen, have you ever seen an off-white buffalo? <laughs> have you ever seen a stump? And when I say stump, but, I don't mean like it was like a maid. They took a chainsaw <laughs> and cut a tree. And they and this stump but, had to weigh 140 pounds. But guess who led the gorgeous white buffalo into the arena to have his front feet <laughs> go on the step? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Miss Bustier, that's right. That she one. even told us in the meeting, she's like, I've spent so much time working with this buffalo. <laughs> it's a stump. I mean, it wasn't even a big stump. I mean, like, I mean, if they would have come to me and said, look, you know, Native Americans are still a huge part of the New Mexico land of enchantment. And, you know, they fed off of this, the buffalo, but very rarely they would come across the white one and they worshipped it as a god. Give me a story I can tell. But the only thing they wanted me to tell was, watch this white buffalo come in here and step up on it. That's the hard thing with political rodeos, where people are appointed by the government. You know, in Jackson, Mississippi, yeah. you know, you get people that they've got a great idea, and they've got a friend that's got a white buffalo, and we're going to put them front feet on. I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Okay. I want you to, to take this same scenario, okay? And you're Bob Tallman. <laughs> what would Bob say about the white buffalo on the stump? Without them telling you. Bob had good times in Albuquerque with a lot of them, didn't he, Boyd? Oh, sweetheart. <laughs> he wouldn't even look at her eyes. He'd be looking at them. He'd be, oh, sweetheart, I love that white buffalo. I just, when you lead that baby in, oh, sweetheart, he's prancing for you. Oh, we got to do this white buffalo. <laughs> And it would be the greatest white buffalo in the history oh, of God's kind when he got done. Where I couldn't do, Bob Palmer would have come up with a story that was complete BS, but you would have believed every second of it. And they probably would have been crying. Yeah, and they would have been crying at the end <laughs> of it. He, he is such a gifted guy at being able to, to just tell a story out of the, his own imagination. So he would have been able, in, in, in Bob's defense, yes, he would have been much more politically correct with Miss Bustier, but he also would have probably been able to come up with a story that would have tied it in to close a rodeo. Can, can I tell the Bob Tallman prayer from Red Bluff? Oh, please do. This is classic. My, my favorite, and I know we've said it on Rub Chat before. That's okay. But it's to this day, people still say, you got to repeat that. So Tallman at um, Red Bluff on First Responders Day, they pull into the arena an ambulance, a fire truck, and a police car. And they have, you know, probably 60, maybe 75 uh first responders in the arena and so tallman starts his prayer and he's out there on foot i mean so he's in the mix so we all you know let's pray take your hat off god ah you're good to us aren't you we've all been there it's friday afternoon you're getting off work at five o'clock you don't like your job you got a wife and a couple kids to feed and guess what there's another one on the way you're driving home from work, and she calls. Guess what? She needs a gallon of milk. You can't afford it. Well, you're driving, and the next thing you know, you look in your rearview mirror, lights. <laughs> the red, 
The blue, you're getting pulled over. And guess what? You're in a school zone. Cop comes to the front door. You're all down your window. It's the same old routine. License. Registration. He takes it back to his car, and you sit there wondering what you're going to say to your wife when you know you can't afford to pay the ticket. When he comes back to that door, guess what he does today? He hands you a warning. A warning. Because he's a daddy, too. Amen. <laughs> and we're all going, what? That You can't just say whatever you want, Bob, and then say amen. That doesn't, you can't do that. But he did, but after he did that prayer that made absolutely zero sense, everybody was like, oh, my God, Bob Tolman. He is a hero to the people. And one more, uh, when he filled in with you in Rapid City. When he filled in for you in the summer rodeo in Rapid City. Oh, yeah. And they and they oh, the and Bob dog. has no idea about the, the, the guy who passed away. The Kyle manager. Evans. Yes. Had no idea who he was. Boy didn't announce rodeo for years. Do you want to tell? No, no, yeah, because actually I followed Bob at the Ranger Days. This okay, I'm sorry. I so Rory, okay. Rory is the one that can tell this story the best. Yes. But but basically Kyle Evans was a country music singer in the Badlands, okay? And and he always traveled with a blue healer dog. Okay. This blue healer dog was always with him. Okay. So they're going to do a riderless horse across the arena, and Bob is paying tribute to Kyle Evans. Or out of nowhere, it's not Kyle Evans' dog, but out of nowhere, as this horse is being led across the arena, this blue healer dog comes running to travel with the horse. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Bob, I mean, just melts the guts out of this dog wanting to go with Kyle. And even though Kyle's in heaven, the dog still misses him. And just like the dog represents all of us. We miss him too. We'll never hear his music the same. And people just, are crying. People are crying. And it's just, <laughs> and I mean, and then he ends it, but it's just this heavy, heavy moment. And he sets the mic down, and he looks over to Rory, and he goes, I'm a bad son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> play, I, I want to play. Can you play it? This is when you're talking about vintage BRO. Okay. This was Douglas Duncan made this. It's a bunch of clips put together to Brendan Eldridge, that really good ride. Right, right, right on, yeah. yeah on. So uh, this is, but this is Bob Tallman vintage. Copenhagen high five. He burns his number 73. That's a bad cat, Gary. You bet. He's the son of the former bull of Gary the year. Bobby T. Bobby T. That's why he's in every Hall of Fame there is. He belongs in them. Well, you're a Hall of Famer. No, we. I'm uh, not. Uh, you're, I mean, he well, is. Uh, Amen. That's okay. <laughs> I have never been inducted to any Hall of Fames. Okay, no. so I cannot be. Co no, that's a Walk of Fame. You're not are. sixty yet. That was a Walk of Fame, and me and Justin had to put our boots in cement. 
at the Boot Hill Casino because we made their walk of fame. And the thing that was so stunning to me was after both of us put our feet in the plaster to be in the walk of fame, how much bigger my foot and wider and longer my foot was than Justin. Yeah, you, you so. pointed that out over the years, and I, I continue to appreciate that. <laughs> so, well, hey, now, now let me do some bragging, okay? So I have known that guy since uh, he stood in the back of the bucket shoots at Exarbon in Omaha, Nebraska. The Servies awesome. had a bowl called Copenhagen Hambone. Now, we were using the name Copenhagen, so that's how far back. This kid has started, I mean, he mentioned it a little bit earlier in the, in the podcast, but uh, Jerry Dorn camp, pushing stock, feeding cattle for the Servies at his hometown rodeo in Sydney. And then, okay, he's starting to meet some people, so he comes and he calls some spotlights wearing a headset at Dallas. But this guy now runs one of the 10 biggest rodeos in the country. He was just voted, what, for the third time, the music director of the year in the world of professional rodeo. He's got a beautiful bride and a lovely son. And one thing about him, he's worked his ass off to get everything he's got. Nobody gave him anything. Nothing. He doesn't come from a rich family with a bunch of power and a bunch of people who can push buttons and make something special happen for him. And you know what? He's never shown one arrogant day. Even with all he's accomplished, he's never once thought highly of himself. So I can't tell you how proud of Josh Hilton I am. Now, this guy right Thank here, you. as I said earlier when I first started to consult Ashley, is I knew we had a generational talent in front of us, okay? And, and, uh, and again, I've, I liken him to Flint because they're both they're, their comedy is completely different, but they're both so uniquely different in the way that they entertain fans. And I can say the same thing about Justin I just said about Josh. Justin has enjoyed a lot of success. He's the only clown ever to be voted 10 consecutive years in a row, the Rodeo Clown of the Year in the World of Professional Rodeo. Oh, no, but no Keith Isley's done that. No Flint Rasmussen. No Liesl Harris has done that. Only this guy. But he's also very humble. And what people don't know about Justin, because he can be a, you know, he can talk tough every now and then. This is the kindest-hearted, gentlest soul you'll ever meet. He is so easy to hurt his feelings. <laughs> it is. Because yeah. he cares about people. And I'm just... I've seen them come and go that when you get to be 58, you got a lot more gray than you do black in your hair. You see them come and go. And I'm just glad that I'm alive during their lifetimes because these two guys are to me at this stage of my career. The only reason I want to still be in rodeo is for guys like this. If they weren't here, I wouldn't want to be here. So actually get well, the checkbook out and pay them for all those kind of yeah. words. Well, <laughs> well, that's that means why we, a lot. We, that's why we invited you here. We'd like to induct you into the Rump Chat Hall of Fame. <laughs> the very first, the founding member. You get a free Pendleton. Now there's a $500 a year uh, membership fee. So if you want to cut a check to, to Ashley, that would be wonderful. Uh, no, no, it, it's all coming. But you're not even 60 yet. Like you said, you, you, you were only in the business, what, five years and, and got the NFR. So you're, uh, to us, you're still, relative, you're, you're still a young guy. And um, yeah, it's an all coming. An announcer year is 50 is like 23. True. Yeah. But I tell you, I started when I was 19, Yeah, you know, and that's, that's what a lot of, I mean, the first time I was on the podium, I was 25 years old. So at 60, that's a lot of years. I don't know. Be 45, be 35. <laughs> anyway. He's not well, good at math. We're <laughs> math terrible. Not his strength. <laughs> but uh, uh, Boydie is over there with Jesse Knutson at the Mirage. You got a watch party. So 
if you don't have tickets to the big show, head on over to the Mirage. That's and, a fun one. And hang out with uh, with these two guys and have a good time over there. And, and uh, yeah, well, and, uh, God, before you know it, we'll be at Denver. Poof. So, you won't. No, I won't. Be. So, I will be in Odessa. Okay. I'll be. Uh, hey, can you answer one question before we go? Sure, I'll try. Do you know what Randy Corley says when he coughs? Uh-uh. <laughs> ah! Chew. <laughs> well, that'd be a sneeze. You ruined your own. I get it. You did. I get it. <laughs> On that note. Did ya? Did ya? Well, so, you know what? It's been another great day, and we're thankful to all of our sponsors, especially Pete Carr, our presenting sponsor, Lindsay uh, Sumter, who is here on P the Heart of Women's Rodeo with WCRA. Also, don't forget, I've said this every day, they've got awesome specials, anything from rope and shoots, rope and alleys, feeders, tack oh, rooms, everything. Red River Arena. Red River Arena is right down the way. Go tell them the rub chat sent you. We've, two people bought their arenas uh, since they've been with us. They absolutely love them. Pendleton Whiskey. We got some free hats. We got some free Pendleton drinks. Um, be sure to make your day. If you're going to spend the money for an expensive drink in Vegas, get a Pendleton Whiskey. Who gold, wants a gold buckle beer? Get a, get, get a gold buckle beer. To, you, Jack. Get one to James. Get one to Superfan down I'm there. I'm not going to throw to you. You come on up. You can walk up here. But uh, thank I throw to you and I knock you down. I... I'd be a jerk. Also, uh, be sure to stop by and get a, uh, one of these Rub Chat patches, free patches right there from RodeoPatch.com. If Sorry. you have anything you want to get made, be sure, to, be sure to check out RodeoPatch.com for anything you may need for your hat, for your rodeo, for anything you need. Who do we have patch. tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow, John Harrison and Dusty Tuckness. Oh, Rusty Tuckness. Rusty Tuckness. 68-time Bullfighter of the Year, Dusty Tuckness, is going to be here with us. And John Harrison, who's been clowning the NFR since it moved to Vegas. Uh, Rumpchat.com merch. Yeah, Rumpchat.com. We got it all. I don't have any. Tip my cap. Get on there and buy it. Cinch. A huge uh, shout-out to Cinch. Rachel is awesome. Thank you Thank you, so Rachel. Much. They've got clothes over there. Go buy some. Merry Christmas, everybody. We'll see we'll you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Thank you all. She's dressed in yellow. She says, hello, come sit next to me, you fine fellow. You run over there without a second to lose. And what?